2: Where is the learning about life and God and everyday things supposed to be? Is it our our Sunday school does that? Well, they do, but that's not the primary place. Is it our school system? No, you won't learn much about God in our school system. Where was it designed? In the home. So what does Satan do? He attacks the home. And so many of our homes around the world... There's no father image at all.
0: Where is true education about the gospel, God's love and his will, supposed to come from? Today, Pastor Mark will encourage parents and grandparents to take an active role in their child's spiritual development. You should not rely completely on the church or school system to disciple your children. The Lord designed the home centered around a family that prays together and studies his word together. Parents are to be the first, greatest example of Christ set before their children. If you have kids today, do they see Jesus in you? Are you active in their spiritual lives? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Daniel as he continues with his message, The Handwriting is on the Wall.
2: What do you see at an 80-year-old man? You see integrity. Daniel is saying, even though the king doesn't get it, you can't buy me. What I can do is a gift from God. Why would I accept money for it? I'm not interested in your gold. I'm not interested in your power. I'm not interested in any of your rewards at all. You know, that's a big thing in churches in our world today. Notice what Paul would have to write in the New Testament. Look at 2 Corinthians two seventeen. 17. Vieira, Sebastian, look at Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ, we speak before God with sincerity, like men sent from God. What Daniel was doing is the same thing Paul wrote about. He says, people sometimes use the pulpit and churches and Christian TV to try to manipulate people to give and offer them all kinds of false things. If you give a $1,000 gift seed today, your grandson will become a Christian by Tuesday of this week, guaranteed. And people send their money in like crazy. Paul says, no, 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 no. We, We don't peddle the word of God. Now, as a young man, my dad was a pastor. You know my grandpa. I never thought I'd ever be a pastor. But I watched my dad and I learned. And this is the way I've been raised and this is the way I teach all the pastors here. You know, we're just like you. We're exactly like you. And so we don't try to be prideful. We don't try to buy a $200,000 car and sit out in the parking lot. People are, man, who owns that car? Oh, that's the pastors. No, we're just like you. And in our homes, just nice home. You can have a nice car. You can have a new car, whatever. We we do that from time to time, have a nice home. But we're not here to to tout ourselves. We're here to simply teach the word of God. And so we have to be humble. We're all equal. We're all equal. And when you see this happening, I think it's an important thing that you know every one of the pastors has been taught the same thing. You're not special. You're just a servant of God. Don't be prideful over the people. We're just like you guys. Well, look at verse 18. O king, now watch how Daniel always points to God. Most high God, big G, gave me your father, your grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, sovereignty and greatness and glory and splendor. He says, grandson, you didn't get it. Everything that the king had was a gift from God. He put him there. He blessed him. So he goes through the history of his grandfather. Now, remember, we're supposed to learn from lots of different things. And watch what happens. Verse 19. Because of the high position, God gave him, the king Nebuchadnezzar, all the peoples and nations and and men of every language dreaded and feared him. Those the king wanted to put to death, he put to death. Those he wanted to spare, he spared. Those he wanted to promote, he promoted. Those he wanted to humble, he humbled. Look at verse 20. But... When his heart became arrogant and hardened with pride, he was disposed from his royal throne, stripped of his glory. He was driven away from people, his kingdom, and given the mind of an animal. And for seven years, God's judgment came on Nebuchadnezzar. And he lived with the wild donkeys and ate grass like cattle. His body was drenched with the dew of heaven. Until he would learn his lesson. And would acknowledge the most high God is sovereign over the kingdoms of men, sets them over anyone he wishes. See, God humbled prideful Nebuchadnezzar until he finally learned, look, I am not in control. I am not in control. And what caused him not to learn was this stinking word we call pride. Daniel gave a little summary of his grandfather, his whole thing. What happened to his life? Man, blessed by God, prideful, judgment of God, and then God forgives him when he comes back because he acknowledged God was in control. Now watch what he says to the grandson. This is a huge verse. Look at verse 22. All of our campuses. But you, his grandson, old Belshazzar, have not humbled yourself. Say these last words with me. You knew all this. What is Daniel saying to him? Nebuchadnezzar, you knew everything I just told you, that God hates pride. Your your grandfather was punished. He lived like an animal for a second. You knew every bit of this. You knew the whole story. Grandfather told you. And finally, when he humbled himself, God restored him. You knew all of this, but you did not learn from them. You can't live long enough to make all the mistakes yourself. You see, he should have learned from his grandfather. And what Daniel was basically saying, when your grandfather repented, God restored him. When your grandfather humbled himself, God restored him. Why haven't you done the same thing? And because you haven't, judgment is coming to you. Now, here's four little things I want you to write down today. If you don't write a lot of stuff down, you want to write these down. Remember, you can't live long enough. I don't care if you live to be 500 years. You'll never live long enough to learn all the lessons we need to learn. So where do we need to learn from? We need to learn lessons, number one, from history. We see these wars. We see all this stuff happening. Wars are always going to happen. Nothing new in our world. We we understand that. There's not going to be any real peace until Jesus comes back. So you can't go like, well, if we get the right president, we get the right person in this nation. No, you're never, never going to have the right person because the heart of man's wicked. So where do, we, where do we learn from, basically? History, from the Bible. What you're learning today is for you. It's written thousands of years ago. But we're learning amazing principles this morning. But you have to learn and then apply. You see, the book of the New Testament says, know the word and then do it. It's no good to having a bunch of facts, Belshazzar had all the facts. He did nothing with it. He did nothing with it. Number two, we have to learn from our own lives. From our own lives. Remember, we said to you, have you ever said this? I won't do it again. Mm -hmm. And we did it again. So we have to tell, we have to say, come on, get smart enough here. Get smart enough here. Now, as you think of this, look at the third one. We need to learn from the lives of others. Now, here's the last one I want you to... By the way, parents. I'll talk about that in a moment. We need to learn from our parents and our grandparents. Look at number four. Learn by being teachable. Pastor Micah, pretty much have it together. Really? We never have it together. We're still learning. Learn by being teachable, and then you have to apply the truth personally yourself. Now, look at Deuteronomy 4, 9. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them slip from your heart as long as you live. This is written to parents and grandparents. How many are parents and grandparents here this morning? Let me see, all of our campuses. Good. This is written to you. See, we need to learn from our own history, for instance. How many of you as parents, if you had it to do over again, Raising, especially that first child, you would have done things a little different. Could I see your hand right now? We just put both hands up. And if you're a first child of a home, you're saying, I wish you'd learn from it. Because how do we treat that first child? Oh, be careful, don't get near that. Keep the window up. Don't sit near the window. Don't roll down the thing. You gotta be really careful. When we have five kids, we say, Are they all in the car? Let's go. <laughs> Am I right? And the guy in the first, he's old now, and he says, you're going to treat me that way? (laughs) So we've learned, but you can't go back. But if you've learned to treat child two, three, and four, and five differently, then you did learn something. So notice what he says to the parents and grandparents. Look how good God's been to you. When you blew it, look what happened. Choose to sin, choose to suffer. So don't withhold them. Notice the last line. Teach them to your children. And to their children after them, your children and grandchildren. Where is the learning about life and God and everyday things supposed to be? Is it our Sunday school does that? Well, they do, but that's not the primary place. Is it our school system? No, you won't learn much about God in our school system. Where was it designed? In the home. So, what does Satan do? He attacks the home. In so many of our homes around the world, there's no father image at all. Satan's very wise. He knows where to attack. So parent, your children have a free will. You can teach them. Hopefully they'll learn. You can't force it on them. But don't give up. God says, just be patient. So here's what I have. You don't have to write this this morning, but I think it's important. Parents, know the importance of telling our kids and grandkids, parents and grandparents, of our successes. God has blessed you. Tell your kids, if you'll do this, God will bless the socks off of you. Uh, Our failures, they know you're not a perfect parent. Tell them what you did and how you had to say to God, I'm sorry. Be a real parent of God's discipline. When we blow it, See, we don't like the word discipline, but discipline's good. The book of Hebrews says, if you don't have an earthly parent that disciplines you, you don't have a parent that loves you. Now, that doesn't go along in our world today. I'm not talking about beating kids or whatever. I'm just talking about loving discipline. In fact, God disciplines us, not for our bad, but for our good. It's all through the New Testament. Now, also of God's love and grace We want to do everything we can by being a role model in the home, grandparent parent, knowing our kids have valid choices. Don't give up praying for them. So Daniel gives this amazing lesson. You never learn, Belshazzar. Look at verse 23. Instead, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. You had the goblets from his temple brought to you, and you and your nobles, your wives, your concubines, drank wine from them. You praised the gods of silver, gold, bronze, iron, wood, stone, which cannot see or hear or understand. But you did not honor the God who holds in his hand your life in all your ways. Proverbs 16, 20 says, whoever gives heed to instruction prospers. And blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. So watch what Daniel does now. Therefore, because you didn't honor God, he sent the hand that wrote this inscription. And this is the inscription. This is kind of what was written on the wall. Meme, meme, teckle, parson. Parson. There's three words it means. King Belshazzar, you've been numbered, you've been weighed, and your nation is going to be divided. Look at verse 26. This is what these words mean, Daniel says. Getting the interpretation from God. Mean, God has numbered the days of your reign and will bring it to an end. Second, your days are, as king are numbered and your time on this earth is about up. See, God had already set the limitations how far the kingdom of Babylon would go. He only allowed certain time for these four world kingdoms to be until he just removed the authority from them. Nation after nation, we see that. So God was now getting ready to stop the nation of Babylon, under the Babylonian rule. Look at verse 27. Tekel, you've been weighed on the scales and found wanting. So God put Belshazzar on his scales of moral and spiritual character. And he says, there's no morality in you. You've made fun of the one true God. And many people today think, again, if you get on the scales... Uh, All you have to have is uh, more good than the next person is. And if your good outweighs somebody else on that scale of morality, that you're going to go to heaven. But that's not true at all. Every single person is going to stand in judgment before God. Christians and non-Christians. You see, when a Christian stands before God on that scale, it has nothing to do with sin because we're already in heaven. But we will be judged. Look at this next thing. Here's what you want to write. God learn. God judges our actions, but also our inner motives and our thoughts. A lot of people look good on the outside. But God says, that's fine, but that's not the real you. And so on judgment day, I'm going to be responsible never for my sins as a Christian because my sins have already been forgiven. So, Pastor Mark, what am I accountable for? Well, you're going to be accountable for gifts, rewards in heaven as a Christian, and what you did with your time. Every one of you been gifted with talents to serve God. Every one of you been gifted with interactions with people, open doors that God gives you. Every single thing we have, money, retirement, homes, car, all given to you by God. Everything you own, God has given you. No man... I'm I'm a self-made man. I made that business. What part did you make? Self-made man, really? The leg, the arm, the head? You didn't make your head. So, Pastor Mark, am I going to be accountable to God for how I use my gifts? Absolutely. Well, can you move on, please? No. You need to know, When you stand before God, he's going to, remember, he got parables. Jesus gave parables all through the New Testament. I gave this man five talents, time, money, gifts, whatever. And this man, two talents. And this man, one talent. And at the end, the one talent man hid it. And God says, how wicked you are. The man with five duplicated it. Well done. The man with two duplicated it. How are you doing this morning? You know, the weakest thing that we do is give generously to God. Basically, it's not changed. 95% of Christians do not tithe 10% off the top to God. Will you be judged for that? Absolutely. Because who gave you the money in the first place? See, people don't understand. If you give 10% off the top and you do it because I'm going to be judged, I'm putting it in. No, he doesn't look on the outside. He looks where? See, he did not want your money. But people don't understand You'll always do more with God with 90% than you will with 100. I'll guarantee you, I've been doing it all my life. But people don't believe it. Listen, listen, listen. People never learn. So ask yourself this morning, how are you doing with your time and talents? Pastor Mark, I don't have time to serve. Let those other people serve. No, you're accountable. You're going to answer for that. But I'm very serious. Pastor Mark, why are you telling us that? Because I'd rather you hear it in a loving way from me than from God saying, what? On judgment day? Because it's too late. It's not about your sin. You're in heaven. Well, that's all I care about. Shame on you. How could that be all you can care about when everything we have is a gift from an amazing God? So may you learn from this this morning. May you understand, we should be serving, using our time to expand the kingdom of God, being generous with God. That's what it's all about. Now, when you see as a non-Christian, will they be judged? Yes. You'll be judged because you have one thing that keeps you from heaven. What is it? Your sin. You'll never be good enough. And so as a Christian, when I'm there, the reason I'm in heaven, I can stand on the scale. I know I'm going to get judged over here, but I can just hold the hand of Jesus. And Jesus says, well, that's Mark Balmer. I know him. He came to salvation many years ago. I forgave his past, present, and future sins. Come on into heaven. Hallelujah. An unbeliever, there's no hand of God. Here's my good works. Sorry. Not good enough. God's standard is what? Perfection. That's why today is a day of salvation. So he says he says to uh, this king, you, you're on the scale and your morality is terrible and it's going to cause you to be judged. Now look at verse 28. Parson, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Now take a look at this. Remember, way back in the beginning, we had this picture. God came. Daniel interpreted, he says, here are the kingdoms that are coming. And we've seen this historically, all these four kingdoms throughout the world. It will start with the head of Babylon. But notice, there's an end to this kingdom. We're about to read it. Who's the next kingdom that's coming? Tell me, who's the next king? The Medes and the Persians, the breasts of silver. That's guaranteed coming. God says, Babylonians, done. Here's the next kingdom. Now, these guys didn't think it would be coming, but It's coming. Babylon will be done. The next world empire is coming. Verse 29. Then at Belshazzar's command, Daniel was clothed in purple. Gold chain was placed around his neck. He was proclaimed the third highest ruler. You know, he just gave it to him anyway. I'm sure he went down to Salvation Army, just turned it in and we're done with it. Now, so we talked about judgment and we talked about judgment coming suddenly. Look at your Bibles. All of our campuses, look at verse 30. That very night, Belshazzar, king of the Babylon's, was slain. You think when he started the party, he thinks that's the end of the party? No, that very night. His rule ended, his life ended. It reminds us that you're not in control. I'm not in control of my life. It doesn't matter how you die. Accident, some kind of a situation, a chance, it's never that. Notice this, listen to Job. You have decided the length of our lives Saying to God, Job says, God, you've decided my length. You know how many months I will live. And we're not given a minute longer. Psalm 90, 20, look at it. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. How short life is, how I want to use it for God, people. And I want to use my time wisely.
0: We need to learn lessons from history, from our own lives, and from the lives of others. Today, we learn from Pastor Mark the value of learning and applying what we learn to our lives personally. Unfortunately, pride is a primary reason why many choose not to learn, because they're not teachable enough or willing to change. Don't be stuck at the end of your life wishing you would have learned from others' mistakes. Be humble, starting today. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church and today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. What is your reputation in regards to integrity and work ethic? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will challenge listeners to not look towards the end of their life, but maximize the current time which is given. Daniel was a perfect example of a man that refused to please the flesh. No matter how many times or how many different ways he was under attack, he clung to to the truth of God above all else we wish we had more time today but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of Daniel that's next time on Lessons for Living
1: Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His word made flesh in a herd.